0: Everyone loves a good underdog story, and it was the story of the underdogs that helped extend the New Jersey Devils' win streak to a dozen games against the Ottawa Senators. We have a lot to discuss in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. I said I would make it up to you. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils all righty now what is up new jersey welcome back to the locked on devils podcast here on the locked on network i'm your host college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Dell's ride right for pucks and pitchforks trey matthews So the New Jersey Devils have won a dozen straight games. They defeated the Ottawa Senators by a score of 5-1 to in true dominant fashion. So in the previous episode, I said that this was a game that I expected the New Jersey Devils to come out on the winning end because I felt as though the New Jersey Devils would tighten up their overall game. Because the first time that we played the Ottawa Senators, the Devils had more grade-A chances, but – The few opportunities that were given to the Senators that I'm sure the New Jersey Devils would have liked to have back was what really kept Ottawa in the game. And I felt as though the New Jersey Devils are not the same team as last year. They're not going to make the same mistakes twice. So this game in my eyes was just the, uh, was just a game of the underdog. So what do I mean by that? Well, First and foremost, congratulations to Eric Holla. He got his first goal this season. You know he's been yearning for that. Nathan Bastian and the BMW line were once again able to contribute this time. Bastian was on the scoring end. Jesper Bokos was able to get a goal. Yegor Sharangovich, and I want to pat myself on the back a little bit because in the previous episode I said my player to look out for would be Yegor Sharangovich because I felt as though him scoring the OT game-winning goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs, I felt as though that was going to be a – confidence booster for him i felt like that was going to shift momentum on his end and uh, i was right because he was able to not only get a goal but he also got an assist so yegor sharon had a huge impact this game although his goal wasn't you know make or break for new jersey devils he still got a goal nonetheless and then michael mcleod was able to get the empty netter goal in period number three so overall just some of these guys stepping up their overall game so we we talked about how Eric Halla he's been very effective on the New Jersey Devils' roster in my eyes, and the one thing that was just missing was that goal because he's been yearning for it, and he's had a lot of good looks, he's had a lot of good chances. I think we can count on two hands the amount of times where uh, Eric Halla it seems like he was in prime position to find the back of the net. Unfortunately, he just got robbed, he got snake bitten, and this time he was able to bite the snake right back. And then for Nathan Bastion in the BMW line, I'm actually going to uh, talk about Nathan Bastion momentarily because Amanda Stein actually put out an interesting tweet because remember last year Nathan Bastion began the season on the Seattle Kraken roster because we exposed Nathan Bastion in the expansion draft and ultimately as I predicted the Seattle Kraken selected Nathan Bastion now I've actually always been fond of Nathan Bastion so I kind of want to just revisit that I want to discuss that a little bit more because uh, I, I know this show has grown so much since the Seattle Kraken expansion draft like uh, over a year and a half ago. So I want to talk about what my thought process was for Nathan Basham, because his first year in the league, he actually was somewhat impactful for New Jersey Devils. And it's one of the reasons why I felt as though it justified in the New Jersey Devils to uh, actually protect them and not expose him in the draft. And instead, I, I felt as though the New Jersey Devils should taking it in a different direction. But once again, I'll talk about that a little later in the episode. So BMW line, once again, being a very impactful line, uh, Wood getting the assist, McLeod getting the assist, and then Jesper Boquist. A lot of people have been writing off Jesper Boquist and rightfully so. I have been too, but I I, got to just remind you guys that the last time everyone doubted Jesper Boquist and his overall efforts, he was able to go on a huge FU tour towards the end of last year and have a very productive year. So, 12 game appearances, he has two goals, one assist for a grand total of three points. And I get that we're expecting just a little bit better because in 56 game appearances, he had 10 goals, 13 assists for a grand total of 23 points. So he is certainly taken a few steps backwards, but... Similar to what I said about Sharon Govich, I, I think this goal, because even though it, it's his second goal of the year, I think this is going to be somewhat of a momentum shift for Jesper Boquez. Maybe this could also be a confidence booster for him because, as you guys recall, a couple games ago when Christy Flannery put out that list of players who hadn't registered a point the last five or so games, Brendan Smith, he's been there a little bit. He was able to get a point in the last game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we're going to talk about his overall impact in this game, because even though it didn't actually come into fruition, he was headhunting Watson because Watson did have a little bit of a dirty hit on Nico Heischer. So we'll talk about that in the second segment. And um, yes, just he's been there the last couple of games, even though it's not in the way that we anticipate for it to be, but he's, he's improving a little bit. So I'll give credit where credit is due in that regards. And then For Dawson Mercer, we talked about in the game against the Montreal Canadiens, in which he was able to get a couple points to his name, so that way he can uh, sort of just uh, shift that energy a little bit. And then um, for Yegor Sharon Govich, that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, like I just mentioned, was hopefully that's what helps uh, Sharon Govich get going a little bit. But I think Sharon Govich has a hot hand going forward for New Jersey Devils, and I think he's definitely going to be another X factor for the game on Monday against the Edmonton Oilers. So let's talk about um, Austin Watson's hit on Nico Heischer, because like I said, there's a lot that we could talk about in the game, but the main storyline was that dirty hit. That's what blew up on Devil's Twitter. I even expressed my frustrations because here's the circumstances. Like I-, I had a couple Senators fans respond to me saying, oh, Scott Stevens did the same thing or crosschecks happen, it's hockey. Well, here's the thing. This was on the open ice, and Nico Kiescher was blindsided. And not to mention, he wasn't even involved in the play. So there's no reason to cross-check Nico Kiescher in that sort of way. So if you're wondering what my opinion is, that was a very dirty hit by Austin Watson. And it got to the point where Nico Heisher actually had to go over to the bench and it looked like that he was favoring his rib area and also his lower back. So we were all concerned because Nico Kiescher has had injury problems in the past. And it's what sidelined him overall, uh, just blossoming into the superstar player that he could potentially be. And right now, Nico Heischer has been very impactful for New Jersey Devils because, like I said, Jesper Bratt might have the numbers. Jack Hughes might be the franchise piece. But my MVP for this season is Nico Heischer because we don't go on this 12-game win streak without him. And if he doesn't play, then it's really going to hinder the New Jersey Devils because – I guess the small example that you can use, because I guess the first game of the year, everyone's a little rusty, but still our first game against the Philadelphia Flyers, Nico Kiescher didn't suit up in that game and the Devils lost badly. So we need Nico Kiescher to be uh, creating opportunities for his teammates. We need Nico Kiescher to just be there on the offensive end and also the defensive side of things. Because I said, if Nico Kiescher continues to play like he's playing, then quite honestly, guys, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for uh, Nico Heischer to possibly put his name into the Selkie Award. Now, here's the thing. Uh, that, that's my overall opinion. It was a dirty hit, but there's something else I want to talk about. And a fan actually brought up brought this up to me on Twitter, which was this fan wanted to bring back P.K. Subban because he said that in this sort of circumstance, P.K. Subban would not allow for this to happen. Now, I did say that Brendan Smith, and they acknowledged this on air, they also and also Ryan Novozynski, said it on his Twitter page as well, saying that Brendan Smith was searching for Austin Watson to try and fight him. I don't think Watson wanted to fight, but it doesn't change my overall uh, opinion about this circumstance, which is the New Jersey Devils need an enforcer. They need someone who's not going to take any prisoners. I've had the pleasure to interview two enforcers uh, that have played in the Devils organization, the first being Curtis Gabriel and the second being Cam Jensen. And I, I, you can say whatever you want to say, but they were enforcers. They they definitely were not afraid to get into fights, and they weren't afraid to go to the sin bin in any sort of way, and they knew how to stick up for their teammates. Didn't mean that they won every single fight, but it, it was it was just sort of that way of saying, like, you know what? We're not going to uh, take this kind of crap from you. So I feel so though the New Jersey Devils are certainly missing that, and that fan who brought it up on Twitter – is right in the source sense because I, I did say I want to bring B, bring back P.K. Subban on a one-year deal just because I felt as though having him on our bottom four, having him in the locker room, could definitely pay some dividends for New Jersey Devils. And obviously that didn't happen and P.K. Subban ended up retiring. But ultimately, it's just like he is right. like Who is that enforcer? Who is that person who's not afraid to take any prisoners? Who's that person who's not afraid to Go to the penalty box, or who's that person who's going to tell the other team, saying, You don't do that to my team, and me and you, there's going to be a problem. So, you can argue and say that maybe Miles Wood is that, but I like to think of Miles Wood as more of a pest. That's the adjective I use to describe Miles Wood because Miles Wood is not really an enforcer, but he is certainly someone who can assert himself and he's someone who can uh, just get under the skin of his opponents. But I don't think of Miles Wood as an enforcer for new Jersey devils. And quite honestly, that fan does bring up a good point that is sort of missing from the new Jersey devils roster. Now I get, that's not a big priority because what's the point of just signing someone, if they're just going to be going to the penalty box and the new Jersey devils are playing really well. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if I did have to point out, maybe something that is missing from this devil's team is maybe just someone who is an enforcer, someone who can have that iron fist, someone who says you do that to my teammate and guess what? It's going to be me and you next time, Bob. Because the one thing I said was that I wanted to see uh, Fabian Zetterlin be somewhat of an enforcer because he's a big guy out there on the rink. And uh, I, I know we joke about how much he can bench press, but that's actually. A, but he is a very, 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 very strong guy, and that's what I wanted from Fabian Zetterlin. Or you know, I said Miles Wood could certainly be um, maybe somewhat an enforcer, but I think of him more as a pest. But let me know what you guys think. Who do you think is the enforcer on this team? And um, like I was discussing with this fan, I was willing to bring back P.K. Subban back maybe for a cheaper deal, but ultimately it it didn't come into fruition in that sort of way. But I never thought about him. Yeah, P.K. Subban, he certainly wouldn't take that kind of crap if you did that to his teammates because P.K. Subban is a guy who... Uh, is not afraid to stick up for his teammates in that sort of way. So I'm not saying the New Jersey Devils are soft. I'm not saying that at all. But it it would be nice to maybe just have someone who has that iron fist and just that someone who you know they're not going to be all that productive on the rink, but you know that if you mess with him or if you mess with his teammate, it's going to be a bloodbath. So let me know what you guys think of that sort of circumstance about um, the New Jersey Devils and maybe needing an enforcer. I get the NHL has changed a little bit, so – uh, it seems like you can't even touch anyone without going to the penalty box. But maybe just find that that person, just just that person who's just a little bit of an enforcer. Because, like I said, the enforcers in the old days are not the enforcers uh, of today's NHL because the game continues to change, rules continue to change. So now, a lot of you might think this is somewhat controversial or damned I say it kind of thing, but. Look at someone like Mason Gearston because last year, regardless of what you think of him, he was able to uh, assert himself second game of the year against the Seattle Kraken. Remember Jeremy Lawson's hit on Jack Hughes that sidelined Jack Hughes for a few months. We, that the same thing could have happened to Nico Heisher, but who was the one who was head hunting Lawson and just saying you're not going to do that to one of the uh, more important components to this roster? It was Mason Gearston So. Whatever you think about Gearston, he was the person who was going to be that enforcer, the person who was going to get into fights. And I said it a lot last year, that's how he fed his family. So I want you guys to take that into consideration. Before you bash on Mason Gearston. he sure as hell did his job when Jack Hughes got done dirty by Jeremy Lawson, and Lawson had to pay the piper. So just putting that out there. It would have been nice to see Watson get his butt kicked after what he did to Nico Heischer, because... If Nico Heischer gets hurt, then the New Jersey Devils are really, 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 really screwed. So uh, it, I just felt as though the Senators have been playing the New Jersey Devils really dirty. I felt like the referees weren't really calling the the necessary calls against the Senators. And we talked about how Shabbat collided with Vitek Vancek. The more I think about it, because at first I thought it was just an accident. But um, the, the more I think about it from that first game, it, it seems like the Senators are just a somewhat of a dirty team. Like, why would you? feel the need to just go after our players. And I don't, I don't know the referees just, or the league, they just don't want to see the New Jersey Devils succeed or whatever case might be. But I can't be the only one who noticed uh, during the course of this game that the New Jersey devils weren't getting the necessary calls that they deserved. And then uh, Watson did have um, a, a hit on Yoda. Siegenthaler. And even though some people might consider that a clean hit, he's lost the benefit of the doubt in my eyes, but we're about to shift gears, but before we do, I want to get you guys hit to betonline.net. So betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it for you at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find all those at betonline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Betonline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked on Bets for all your betting needs there as well. So let's show some love towards Nathan Bastian because Amanda Stein, like I said, recently brought up saying like Nathan Bastian, it's hard to believe that he began the season last year on the Seattle Kraken. And quite honestly, guys, I was a little disappointed when the New Jersey Devils exposed him in the draft in the first place. So I figured since Nathan Bastian is... Uh, quietly having a very good year and very impactful for New Jersey Devils, why not just talk about how I've always felt about him? So in 17 game appearances, uh, he has three goals, five assists for a grand total of eight points, and a plus minus of plus four. So we know that his impact is there on the fourth line, the BMW line. It doesn't run or function without the contributions of Nathan Bastion. But let's rewind the clock a little bit. So, this is like July of 2021. The expansion draft was fast approaching for a Seattle Kraken. And basically a lot of New Jersey Devils news analysis or um, personalities or podcast hosts like myself, were just talking about like, Hey, who should the New Jersey Devils expose? Who should they protect? And I remember doing a crossover with Erica Ayala. She's the host of locked on Kraken. And this was like her first week at locked on. And I said like, Hey, like, Uh, who would you hypothetically pick up if the New Jersey Devils exposed these notable players? So here's my list of players that uh, I felt as though the New Jersey Devils uh, were going to expose. So this wasn't the complete list, but these were some notable players. So the first being Scott Wedgwood. So the New Jersey Devils signed Scott Wedgwood a few weeks before the expansion draft so they could expose a goalie not named Mackenzie Blackwood. And then Michael McLeod, I'll explain why I would expose Michael McLeod over Nathan Bastian in that sort of circumstance. Will Butcher, Andreas Johnson. Now, here's the thing, guys. The reason why I didn't say like P.K. Subban or things of that nature is because the circumstance for P.K. Subban and his contract was that if P.K. Subban was exposed in the expansion draft and hypothetically picked up by Seattle Kraken, the New Jersey Devils would have been uh, – I, I forget the exact number, but they would have been very close – to the cap floor not the cap ceiling the cap floor so they had to have made a trade which they did in order to um in order to expose pk suban in the expansion draft without much repercussion if he was hypothetically picked up by seattle so they made the trade for ryan graves so that way they could protect ryan graves and they can expose pk suban and if he was picked up there would be no repercussions. so that's why I said the New Jersey Devils might have been forced in that cer- certain circumstance to hold on to P.K. Subban because I did this crossover with Locked On Kraken before the Ryan Graves trade took place. So the, the one thing I said about Nathan Bastion and why I would have protected him over uh, Michael McLeod is simply this, because Nathan Bastion's impact, I felt as though would have been uh, heavily recognizable because in his first season with the new jersey devils the 2021 season he appeared in 41 games he had three goals seven assists for a grand total of 10 points and he was actually generating a decent amount of hits that was actually tops in the league amongst rookies i believe he was second in that category so i was just like look when i see nathan bastion i see a scrappy player i see an impactful player i see someone who can have somewhat of a decent role for a New Jersey Devils? And no disrespect to Michael McLeod, but I just saw more potential in Nathan Bastion. And I felt as though the New Jersey Devils should have held on to him in the first place because the Seattle Kraken are going to see that he is second amongst rookies that year in hits. So they might also see the same thing. Whereas for Michael McLeod, here's here was my reasoning. Michael McLeod was very good in the face off department, but I think he was leading the New Jersey Devils in that sort of respect. I felt as though the Seattle Kraken might have overlooked Michael McLeod in that sort of way. So I thought they would maybe lean towards Andreas Johnson or maybe Will Butcher because I think Erica Ayala, when we did our crossover, I think she ended up selecting uh, Will Butcher when I said, here are some notable players that might be exposed in the draft. So um yeah in that sort of way I I was like as soon as the New Jersey Devils exposed Nathan Bastian I guarantee you he's going to be selected he's going to be picked up and lo and behold he was picked up but then it didn't work out in Seattle they ended up cutting him and they waived him and uh he came back to the New Jersey Devils and he had somewhat of a redemptive year because 60 game appearances for a Devils 11 goals five assists for a grand total of 16 points and uh, honestly, he's well on the pace to, he's well, well, well on the pace to to uh, break that career high. So uh, Nathan Bashan has been very impactful for the New Jersey Devils. And I think getting Miles Wood back as well has also paid dividends. So the BMW line of Bastion, McLeod, and Wood has been one of the main X factors for the New Jersey Devils uh, to be so successful this season. So once again, I've always been high on the Nathan Bastion train because I said that, I did not want the New Jersey Devils to expose him in uh, the draft because I knew that he was going to be selected. And I saw some potential. in him. I'm not saying that I anticipate for him to be this good. I just said that I just saw something that could be scrappy, something that 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 can certainly benefit the New Jersey Devils. So once again, if you're if you're wondering why I'm bringing this up specifically, it's just because Amanda Stein tweeted that out. And I was just like, you know what? I can talk about this because Nathan Bastion, I think he deserves more love and more recognition for what he's been doing on the bomb six for New Jersey Devils. And if the Seattle Kraken didn't appreciate him, then guess what? As I always said, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So, Nathan Bastion, it's great to have you back. And uh, I'm glad that the Devils picked him up from waivers as soon as the Seattle Kraken said it wasn't going to work. So, like we do with every episode, I'm going to give you guys the final stats and then. I'll give you guys my final opinion about the game. Now, here's the thing, guys. So the Devils have already won the season series against the Ottawa Senators. I believe uh, we played the Senators one more time. So we've taken two of the three matchups. So my question is, is like, uh, remember when I did a crossover with uh, the Locked On Senators, guys? And I uh, we were basically talking about our quote-unquote Twitter beef. I am, I actually do, uh, in the next episode, want to go over some of those tweets that were uh, – tweeted at me and just say like, because I did troll a little bit, I will admit, and I did respond to some of those uh, people on Twitter months later just saying like, oh, you were wrong or, hey, I was right. I'm even chirping at the Locked On Senators guys saying, hey, admit that I was right because here's what I told them. I said the Devils were going to finish with a better record. The Devils were going to win the season series and you can mark my words. And you had some people tweeting saying like, uh at this twitter account saying hey remind me of this in so and so months and i was just like hey i was right or i'm glad you kept the receipts whatever case might be so it was actually very funny um so i i, I actually did put out a poll on twitter and it was astonishingly uh more people do want to uh see that so uh, i'm gonna a- actually ask you guys so to a much wider audience like is that something you want me to do in the next episode because Just a disclaimer, it's not going to be like me uh, bashing on the Locked On Senators guys. I have the utmost respect towards uh, Ross and Brandon, the host of Locked On Senators. I love those guys. Literally did a crossover with them and we were just laughing about the situation. But I kind of do want to like go over some of the tweets because I just think it's funny. And like I said, I'm trying to spice up the show a little bit. And one of the suggestions that I thought about doing was like maybe doing at the end of every uh, segment. So every third segment, I just find a couple tweets and I just give you guys my overall reaction to them. I give you guys my analysis or it could be funny things like that. It could be from devil's reporters and I give you guys my opinion. So I, it's just a suggestion out there. So let me know what you guys think. Is that something you want to see me do in the next episode? Think of it as sort of like a pilot segment, something that I might do in the future, which is just like, look at funny, serious, whatever the case might be, or just random tweets and just react to them and just say, OK, so here's how this affects the New Jersey Devils or, hey, I was right in this case and this fan gave me crap for it or whatever the case might be. So it's all meant in good fun and good nature. But let's look at the final stats and then I'll give you guys my final letter grade. So shots on goal differential 3626 in favor of the Devils faceoff percentage, 41 percent to 59 percent in favor of the Senators. Power play. Devils were one for four. Senators were 0 for two. Worth mentioning that the New Jersey Devils did get the shorthanded goal thanks to Yegor Sharangovich being in the right possible spot off the shot attempt from Nico Heischer. Heischer was credited with an assist in that sort of way. Uh, Hits 37 to 23 in favor of the Senators. Blocks 12 to 11 in favor of the Senators. Giveaway. Senators led that department 21 to 11. So, way to go for a New Jersey Devils to just basically flip it a little bit and, and, and force the Senators to cough up the puck a little bit more. So it was the story of the underdogs in this game for New Jersey Devils. They extended their win streak to 12 and uh, they were just dominant from start to finish. So if I had to give a letter grade for a New Jersey Devils, uh, this might be lazy, but they were able to do well on special teams. Uh, Kira Schmidt. Once again, I want to give credit to our underdogs in this game. He played really well. He got his, uh, he got a win in this game and he held down the fort really nicely. Now resting up Vitek Vancheck for the next game against the, Edmonton Oilers, so I'm going to give the New Jersey Devils, I think, an A. I think they deserve an A because they dominated from start to finish. The Senators never really threatened. They were able to score when they were down 3-0, but I was never worried about that. Devils put their foot on the gas pedal. They got contribution up and down their lineup, and uh, like I said, it was just the story of the underdogs in this game for New Jersey Devils, whether it was Eric Holla scoring his first goal as a Devil or Nathan Bastion continuing to contribute nicely on the BMW line alongside with Miles Wood or Michael McLeod. Yegor Sharagovic seems to have flipped the switch. Jesper Boquist, just mentioned Akira Schmidt. So, story of the underdogs, and you love to see it in games like this. So, Devils will look to extend their win streak to 13 games against the Edmonton Oilers on Monday. As for today's episode, that's all time I have for you. So, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.